All right, friends, welcome back to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle All Things Cycling Podcast with your host, Sylvie. And uh, guess what? We have some announcements for this month. Happy August, by the way. And oh my gosh, are we not getting closer to September? Back to the routine, back to wondering what are we going to do for the winter and and how are we going to train and, and reach more goals and based on our summer, right? Anyways, but that will be the next couple episodes we'll be talking about those but right now there's going to be some changes on the podcast and i want you to know about so we've started a dedicated youtube channel for the podcast no not everything is uploaded like we have 260 episodes that's going to take a while but from now on all the episodes are going to be ending up on that new youtube channel for secrets from the saddle and things will slowly migrate over there. So just be uh, weary for that. If you are one of those people who loves and has been catching the episodes on YouTube, that make sure that you go to the link in the bio to go to the new location. And uh, next one is a little bit of a change. I know you've been enjoying all the three episodes. However, I have been always working from home on my own business and things are kind of shifting. I got a job that I'm going to have to leave the house for, which I'm really kind of excited about. Um, And uh, so in order to keep up the quality of the episodes, I have to I'm going to be dropping down to two episodes a week. So it'll be Monday and Friday. So one will be um, interview and one will be my coaching segment. And it's just until I get balance and a schedule and a routine in with a new job that maybe the third episode will come back. But we're not sure just yet because I haven't started. So I want to drop it down so I'm not overwhelming myself, as you can imagine. And I hopefully appreciate. And um, But I'd love to know your feedback. Please, you know, message me on Instagram or uh, in the YouTube uh, comments. Now, all right, so those are the announcements for now. I hope you enjoy this episode. We have an amazing segment with David Shelnut from Toronto, Ontario. He's a biking lawyer. So if you've, this is Canadian, so if you've, know anybody who has had a cycling episode and is not sure how to go about getting legal advice about it this is the gentleman you want to speak to i've interviewed another one another bike lawyer uh, pat brown from toronto as well and um so these two gentlemen you can definitely reach out to to get some legal advice um i highly recommend it so The Biking Lawyer is a network of passionate cyclists and lawyers advocating for cycling rights and safer streets for all. Our goal is to reduce barriers to cycling, improve infrastructure, and ensure fair compensation for those injured while riding. At The Biking Lawyer, we know that if you are on two wheels, you're exposed to the dangers of reckless drivers and poorly planned infrastructure. Our members represent traditional cyclists as well as those who ride e-bikes and motorbikes motorcycles cycling is the way of the future and we love it but should a crash occur you still need to need a strong 
specialized cycling lawyer on your side. So you can look him up, The Biking Lawyer, and I hope that you enjoy this episode. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daewoo, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. So to Secrets from the Saddle All Things Cycling Podcast with your host, Sylvie Daou, sitting here in Chelsea, Quebec, Canada. And we have David Snellnut, who is in Toronto. And the amazing thing about David is that he is a He's a biking lawyer, so a bicycle lawyer. He's the second lawyer that I've interviewed. Pat Brown was the first one, and he's from Toronto, so I understand that they know each other. Um, but I really am bringing Dave in here because he's a huge advocate for cycling um, safety and obviously as being the cycling lawyer. And that's why we're going to get into some of those things as we get into the podcast. So welcome, Dave, for being on with us. Thanks, uh, Sylvie. Really a pleasure to be here and uh, to follow Pat, who's a, a friend and mentor and <clears throat> a lot to me in this community is, is a real honor. I think it's important to have, um, you know, lots of, well, just more voice in this, this whole department, because there's so many, like, I'm sure as our listeners, we've all probably personally, I know I personally know a couple people who have passed because of cycling um, accidents, um, which is really, really sad. And it's nice to know that there is somebody very specific who can, you know, address these, you know, these accidents and things like that. So that's why I'm, I'm really excited to have you here. But the first question is, how did you get into cycling? And how did it lead you to be a advocate for cyclists as a lawyer. Uh, thanks. <clears throat> Sorry to hear um, about your losses for sure. Uh, it was one of those surprises. I'm she used to be a spin instructor for me. She was a mom of two and this <laughs> but and she was in a cycling event, a charity event of all things. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty horrific when I, I found but you know what, this isn't a uncommon story. And, and anyways, I'm really, really happy that, you know, we you do, are, we do what we do for, yeah, for we've lost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't make me cry. Um, <laughs> I will cry because like, she was such a lovely person. <laughs> well, anyways, then, okay. on, a, on a positive note, I got into bikes, uh, you know, with my, <laughs> my dad and brother up in Collingwood, Ontario, mm. um, biking through the, the bush and, Jumping, oh, yeah. through, jumping into mud and puddles and things like that and, and fell in love at an early age uh, with cycling up up there um, and, and did so until I was a teenager and then moved to London, Ontario and then 
you know, while I was at Western, um, was an instructor at mountain bike camps, um, and then moved to Toronto uh, to to become a lawyer and put my bike away because I was like, oh, that's crazy. I'm not going to bike down here. Um, <laughs> In the traffic, too too busy, and uh, and people didn't didn't seem to care much for cyclists on the road. Uh, so I didn't um, cycle for a, a long time, and then because our transit system is such a nightmare, getting to work uh, would take an hour when it should have taken 15 minutes. So I, I pulled the bike out again. Um, right. And it was in that experience, <clears throat> biking to work every day, seeing what we were up against, um, getting almost hit on every other block, um, that, that really like turned my legal focus towards like, wow, what are my rights as a cyclist? Um, and then and built upon that and went mm. down the rabbit hole of, of bike law and um, and then, you know, started helping my community uh, and, and getting more and more clients in that way. Wow. So that's is that where you started specializing? Because obviously, like, I don't know much too much about, you know, the schooling of lawyer, but it must be like medical. You go in with the base and then you decide to specialize. Um, is that what you first did as a lawyer? Yeah, I, I kind of, <clears throat> through no sort of direct action or no, no purpose, got hired into civil litigation and did a lot of personal injury law. Um, oh, okay. And while I was doing that kind of work, I then began the cycling. Um, and it kind of, the two, the two are like intrinsically linked. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're in a collision, um, you know, you hire a personal injury lawyer. And so my, my two worlds sort of collided. Wow. So, so tell us how long ago has that been? You've been I practicing. Called, I was called to the bar in 2013 and I was working at uh, a big firm downtown. Um, uh, funny, my, the managing partner of the firm, uh, who's still a friend, he was a former bike courier. Um, <laughs> and we would, I would come in in the mornings, super hot. Um, like I just got cut off and like, I had the right away. Oh, hot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, uh, and he would always say to me, Dave, you, you're right. Just don't be dead. Right. Um, that's, that's something <gasps> oh. I've like, I've carried with me is like, we have rights as cyclists, but like safety has to be paramount because like those people in cars do not care that you have the right of way. Whoa. Don't be dead. Right. That's, <laughs> that would be like, okay. Top of mind all the time. Sure. Right. So you've been practicing bike law or specifically bike law for eight, nine years now? Yeah, more or less. <clears throat> um, and in on January 1st, 2020, I mean, I've been working under the biking lawyer sort of brand at another mm -hmm. firm for a couple of years. But then January 1st, 2020 uh, opened a, a store in a former bike shop in, in Toronto in my community. Uh, and uh, so, so started the biking lawyer. And then in July, 2020, um, met a cycling lawyer from BC. We joined forces and now we have a, a three lawyer firm called the biking lawyer LLP. Oh, that's super cool. Okay. So we're, so you have, you said three lawyers, where are yep. they? Both two uh, in Toronto and two of us are here in Toronto and uh, Joel Zanata's out West, but he's, he's here frequently. Oh, that is super cool. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. Because I'm sure BC has a lot of their own things going on over there with all the mountain biking and and such. For sure, yeah. It's uh, it's it's 
it's cycling mecca um but uh, what the bc government has done is taken away cyclists ability to um sue if they're injured i mean so you're oh. just beholden to this like uh insurance scheme devised for motor vehicle accidents not the specialized circumstances of bike crashes and uh and so cyclists really give a rough shake mm. shake out there um you may have saw on the news ben bolliger um was a cyclist who we represent who uh based on a government no-fault decision uh, after he was seriously injured months later, sent him a bill for the damage to the car that hit him. <gasps> Whoa. Yeah, it's a, good, it's a good case to check out. All right, so what, what case was that? Ben Bolliger, uh, B-O-L-L-I-G-E-R. And uh, it's about the ICBC, that's the British Columbia's uh, insurance regime. Um, Joel and Ben gave him hell. Do they win or is it still in there? Oh, too much. <laughs> oh, okay. It's still on. They gave, they gave them help. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So now you've been, you are very active on social media. I've noticed, which is good because, and also I think just recently you did um, some, uh, I want to say like presentation or, or was it, um, it was in the park in Toronto because they were handing things. out tickets to cyclists. Yeah. One night last week, we were in the park hosting our, one of our Know Your Rights sessions. And, and that's a, a way for us to give free information back to the cycling community. Um, you know, we've done so from Owen Sound to Ottawa. Um, wow. These free programs. Um, but that was Thursday. And then on Sunday, uh, we um, organized with um, road cyclists and other safety advocates and collaborated on a, a high park takeover uh, to demonstrate that. That's for a right, hours, high park. Yeah. For, for a couple hours a day, um, there can be a safe cycling loop uh, in the park, just like Central Park in New York, just like the F1 track mm. in Montreal. Um, and that was in response, in part, uh, to Toronto police going and ticketing cyclists um for speeding and and not stopping at stop signs in a park right so there is a designated loop in there like we created, we created one you, is it paved yep there's there's car traffic through the park there's a road and parking oh just like park. central park yeah but no cars are allowed in central park they are allowed right. in high park except for on weekends and so we took it over and made it just for bikes Nice. You know, the Gatineau Park's done that. Yeah, they, I've heard. Yeah, so it's actually probably 80% closed um, to motorized vehicles because they had a lot of people up there racing their cars. Great. And Terrible. <laughs> yeah, and wrapping themselves around trees because it's so thin. And so I think like through COVID, because everything was closed, everybody migrated there. And then surveys went out and now it's predominantly closed except a couple times during week and they started shuttle services through there Perfect. Perfect. to get people you know to certain spots and then move them along and apparently that has been very successful now there's toilets up there which is really nice <laughs> because of the tourists um and it's a super safe well i want to say it's super safe now you've got massive groups of cyclists riding together and you know what they're like nobody's That's dangerous than cars 
Oh, is it? Yeah, it's more dangerous than cars because you get like three abreast, well. four abreast. Like nobody knows how to group ride. And it's I'm like, oh my God. Cars, Sylvie, it's definitely less dangerous than cars. The physics behind a two ton automobile hitting somebody than a cyclist. Yeah. It's less terrible. dangerous, but it's when you have a lot of people in there that are inexperienced, you could take a lot of people down at one point, like, you know, sure. downhills, um, crossing lines, like, you know, nobody indicates that they're passing. I hate it. That's why we, uh, <laughs> we pro before we did our take, <clears throat> produced a code of conduct um, and asked uh, everybody that was going to ride to read the code of conduct. And, uh, and perhaps that's something that, uh, uh, Gatineau Park should uh, think about too. Was that Tr City of Toronto to put that forward or a advocacy group? No, no, no. <laughs> huh? That was that was us advocates. Advocates. Yeah. See, there's none of that around here. Everybody's their own cowboy kind of thing. Right. Well, we you know so, it's, we need community solutions to these kind of things. So people need to work together and engage their neighbors. Um, you know. Uh, we can do things safely it's easy i want to say that it would be nice that ottawa was like ottawa gatineau was like that but it's not really and it's i've been in this community for uh, in the cycling community for like 20 years and it's always been very segregated like everybody wants to do their own thing nobody's really interested in collaborating somebody wants to be the leader you know what i mean like and as a woman, like being one of the only women who have a cycling club, um, even a race team at the time, like it's it was very discouraging. You know, people try, but everybody wants to be the boss, you know, and like nobody's is it's really hard. And I I commend and when I talk to a lot of people in the Toronto area, like even like Saddle Sisters and Galdam and and Pat and you, and it's just, it blows me away about how much people are working together in such a huge city for, you know, the advocate advocacy of the, the roadways and the bike paths and the creation there. And then also like everybody just collaborating together. Like it's, it's great to see. And I wish there was more of that here in Ottawa. And don't tell me to do it because I'm not. <laughs> hey, well, no, I, I can't. I can't imagine what your experience uh, would have been like, and, and it, it sucks that it had to be that way. Um, but hopefully, as sort of new faces, a younger uh, generation, and that's more inclusive, um, sort of takes yeah. over the reins of cycling. Um, perhaps we'll see the change we need. Yeah, it would be nice. So, tell us a little bit more about rights as a cyclist for the average person that's say super new to cyclists and uh, cycling, as you know, COVID brought out a gazillion new people on bikes that didn't know how to ride bikes or, or etiquette or anything. Um, what would maybe be your top three things that would, like you would share with a new cyclist? Like for me, cause you do a lot of, um, you know, know your rights. So what would you say? Need help creating the online business you've been dreaming about? Well, it's a good thing you're here because that's exactly what we're going to help you with. Hi, I'm Sarah Jansel, a friend and colleague of Sylvie's. I have over 20 years helping build and grow businesses, and today I help people do that on Shopify. If you want to build an online store, redesign one you have, set up email marketing, or just need some coaching or custom work, we can help you with that. 
Our goal is to help you sell more of the amazing products and services that you want to share with the world. I believe the world would be a better place if more people could build awesome businesses they love. So to help you get started with yours today, you're going to save $150 off a new store or a redesigned store. It's available for a limited time only. And all you have to do to take advantage of this is pop over to www.janselandco.com slash services. That's J-A-N-S-E-L-A-N-D.co slash services. And let us know you heard this amazing podcast to get your quote and $150 off today. We like... <clears throat> We're very proactive in sharing information like to help cyclists if, if the unfortunate occurs. We're not mm-hmm. so much like uh, wear a helmet, ring a bell. Like when we don't like focus on that too much because um, the, the, propens- the majority of harm is caused by motor vehicles, not by cyclists not wearing high vids, you know? Yeah. Um, so so we, we tend to focus mm-hmm. on that. And so, um, you know, we encourage people to, to obviously learn the rules of the road. Um, you know, we've sent out posters to bike shops that um, let people know the kind of fines they would get for not having a light, not having a bell. If you're under 18, not having a helmet. And that stuff's all important. And people should should yeah. on their own um, take take that upon themselves to figure out. Um, but what we usually share with cyclists is what to do with the if the unfortunate occurs. Um, and quickly is just like, if you can get off the road, get safe and seek medical attention. Mm-hmm. Um, take pictures of everything. Right. License plate, IDs, crash scene, damage to the bike, damage to the car, um, and report to authorities. Uh, get get the uh, authorities down there. Um, if you're worried about an ambulance bill, that'll be covered by insurance. So just get them down there. Better have a professional tell you you're okay um, than to wait three days with a broken wrist. Um, I once biked right. away from being hit in a bike lane and uh, I biked home and like several hours later, I had to go to the ER because I had a wrist and an elbow fracture. Whoa. I know I've been, um, <clears throat> I've had a couple accidents myself. One was self-inflicted. <laughs> I put my foot in my pet, my spokes by mistake. Um, and <laughs> well, here's the thing. Never try to adjust your, that little magnet on your fork with your foot okay just don't do it i ended up like bruising a rib because i just went literally over the handlebars and then i went to an ultimate frisbee um practice or game and then and then the shock wore off (laughs) like i couldn't breathe so don't do that but i have been in one where i was coming down and i never had authorities come and and make a, a claim, which maybe I should have, because this gentleman literally like was coming down a hill and he was like, he didn't see me on the side and he was going to pull over to this food truck to get a drink. And he literally like just ran me right up onto the curb and and I took like a little tumble and he was just like, oh, he's an older, much older gentleman. And, uh, you know, meanwhile, people are watching this and, you know, someone was nice, take me home and things like that. But yeah, that, sorry, sorry that, to hear that, Sylvie. Yeah, well, that was dec- like, I don't know, decades ago, really. Um, but it, it could have been worse um, if I had not 
you know, maybe been been able to get off my bike fast enough, but I never call the cops. And so there was, there's just one incident that was not, you know, on the records and, you know, do you have to think about how many others are like that? And, and that's really important that we do get this <clears throat> stuff on the records, whether or not you mm -hmm. pursue anything that there's yeah. a data, that there's a data point allows organizations like bikemaps.org who you should talk to. Um, they use data um, to influence policy. Um, so the, that's why we're telling people to report even, even road violence these days or, or aggressive driving is to oh. get, get data points so we can say these, these areas of the city are not safe. These areas of the, of the neighborhood are not safe. Um, we need to put traffic calming measures here. Here's all the data that supports it. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. There's, uh, here's a funny one. One, my uh, friend and I were biking just around here. And this car went by and they threw a glass plate out at us. Yeah, that's that's assault. That's like so random. We're just they, like, what? Get, but, get, get a license plate, contact yeah. the authorities. That would never have happened. It was on a hill. But it was just like the weirdest thing. It's like I was after saying this place, this road is so safe. And <laughs> this, per, this group of people went by and, and threw this glass plate out. It was like. I, it's That's not something I've not heard before, unfortunately. Really? Oh yeah, my my friend was biking while black in Guelph when we were younger, and someone threw a hot cup of coffee at him. <gasps> um, my oh my, wow! My, my buddy in Toronto um, is a is a vet and was biking home from work, um, and someone threw a water bottle at him and tried to run him off the road with his car. Um, in the latter case, um, reported to police, and police have charged the driver. Oh my God. So lucky you got the license plate. I know it's a lot of people. Those now kind have... of people, we got to report those kind of people because they will hurt somebody in the future. If it's not you, if you get away from it, that's great for you, but they yeah. will hurt someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's some of us who are good on our bikes and good handling skills, but you know, even then, um, yeah, you're right. But it's, that is so bizarre. So can you tell us anything more that you can um, maybe bring to our attention as to what we could do or um, things to look out for? Like, like you said, even those little things should be reported, um, whether they, they am, like amount to anything like you're okay, but you're talking about the touch points. Yeah. Um, so let's just talk more about that and the importance of this because we've heard of like really bad accidents, um, but let's think about all the little things that have gone unreported that, you know, our audience can think of that, you know, if something were to happen tomorrow that, like you said, a little bit of road rage, even if you don't get the license plate, can you report that like as a location place? You could on bikemaps.org. Um, <coughs> oh, okay. Maps. That's what you're talking about right there. Okay. But to report to authorities, you need that license plate and some information. So right. um, okay. do your best to get it. Um, and, you know, listen, we could, mm -hmm. we could spend our whole day and be paid, know. you know, reporting stuff because it happens that frequently. Yeah. Um, I would just recommend that people like report the egregious stuff. Uh, I had a, 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 a female rider message me, uh, yesterday and someone screamed some misogynistic stuff at them out of their car you report that stuff um you know because because that's 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 a that's an extra special person that did that so you want that to be tagged for sure 
Um, huh. I can think of a couple instances where I had some of that stuff. Maybe I need to be quicker with my phone. Yeah, of, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's it's so, tough. It's not a perfect system. Right, because I notice a uh, more more people are starting to kind of ride with cameras yeah. as well, and there's more kind of uh, tech equipment that are coming out that have it's the game cameras. changing. Yeah, like on the back of their helmets. I think I've seen some. Oh, yeah. um, and there's also I can't remember. You probably don't remember what it is, but it's it's that indicator that cars are coming up to you. What is the that? Garmin Varia has a radar, a uh, radar, and and camera, um, and it's a really good option for people that can afford it. It's very expensive, um, but whatever you can do, get a camera on your bike if you can if you can, and make sure it picks up license plates because that's the most important thing. Um, oh, is that a specific uh, is that a piece of tech or? Well, no, just like some cameras will not have that good of a lens to pick up right, a, okay. a, 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 a license plate. And so that's what you want to find mm -hmm. out. Um, Your average GoPro is probably an option. Are you talking about better? I'm losing you a bit, Sylvie. Oh, sorry. I talking your average GoPro? Yeah, GoPro is fine, but the problem <clears throat> is their battery life isn't great. But I, I ride with right. the GoPro in the winter um, so that people can see it uh, and don't act aggressively towards me. Um, and I find people are just a bit more dangerous in the wintertime. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, video is critical uh, in our cases. We have a lot of hit and runs causing serious injury um, mm -hmm. and, uh, for us to be able to advance a claim for injured people. Uh, sometimes video is the deal breaker. Yeah. Yeah, I would uh, I'd like to find something that I mean, I'm in the country, so I don't typically ride in the city too much yeah. anymore since I moved out here. Um, but I can, you right. know, the, but the, you got like backcountry I, stuff. I ride, with the I ride with a camera on the front in an urban setting because that's where the shenanigans happens. Uh, right. I bought my dad for Christmas a camera for his back saddle because in the countryside, that's where the shenanigans happens. People blasting by uh, at 120 clicks and close passing you, um, and he yeah. and he's been run off the road before. Um, so camera on the backside in a, in a in a a rural setting is where you want it. So can you share that camera that you you're talking about? Yeah, it was a couple of years before the Garmin Varia, but it was it's the Cyclix C Y L I Q C Y L I Q. Yeah, it's got a lighting camera. It's it's still an expensive option. Um, but uh, if, if you have the means, then I strongly encourage it. Right. And I'm sure that there's more tech coming out these days sure. that are that are reasonable for more people to afford them. Well, this is really cool. So we talked about having you come down to Ottawa to do a know your know your rights. Can you give us a little like a couple things that you would be talking about? Absolutely. Um, I would break down from personal and professional experience why those three things I told you at the scene to gather mm -hmm. are important. Um, I've got a story about myself and pictures that's really interesting. Um, and you want to share that here? Uh, sure, we could, but I, I can I know you, you'd have to come and see it because he said he's got pictures, but we, I can, we could. I can save it for the. Uh, you the, can share the story. Yeah, the story at the thing. But basically, I took a picture of my handlebars like leaving a black mark down the side of the guy's car 
um, years later when we were in court, uh, he showed he brought his pictures that he took at the police station when I told him to go report it. Uh, and he said, I didn't even hit his car and he had wiped off the black mark. Um, so that's why getting pictures is critical. And I would explain that to the group. I'd also talk about accident benefits because a lot of us aren't aware that what, if you're on your bicycle and you're involved in a collision with a motor vehicle, auto insurance benefits apply to you, whether through your own car or through the driver that hits you. And that's a huge thing that cyclists aren't aware of. Oh my God. You want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, it's, uh, there are no fault benefits set up uh, in Ontario. Everybody has them who has a car. Um, and if you're a cyclist or a pedestrian or a passenger involved in a, in a collision with a motor vehicle, those benefits apply to you too. Uh, there are lost wages, um, funding for therapy and uh, rehabilitation supports, right. uh, catastrophic injuries, um, up to a million dollars in care. Wow. Yeah. Now, can we talk about, because I have a couple friends who have been, and myself included, literally um, hit by another cyclist on the bike path, like run into. And we all know the bike path is a multi-purpose path and the kilometers there is 20K. Um, how do you deal with that? Like when I got kit hit, like um, I wasn't going to do anything about it. Like this guy clearly... Um, yeah, anyways, I wasn't going to go after him, but the thing is that he came like right, must right through a red or a green and he was coming around and I was coming around this bush and he just literally like T-boned me and we all like garage sale all over the place. I had a helmet on, thankfully he did not. And I think he got the worst of it. Um, but there's things like that, that happen. I know my girlfriend got hit on the bike path and she had a concussion for such a long time. I don't know if she was wearing a helmet, but how do you deal with things like that when you have collisions, cyclists on cyclists? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you see it very infrequently. Um, really? well, the, the, the numbers on data show in Toronto, at least, um, killed and seriously injured um, motor vehicles involved 17,000 between 20, 2006 and 2021. Um, killed or seriously injured between cyclists um, and a pedestrian, say, or another cyclist, six. Okay. So, so it's 17,000 to six. So these incidents do happen that you're talking about. Obviously it happened to you and I'm, I'm, ter I'm terribly sorry to hear that. Um, just, it's just infrequently and not something that, that we see a lot of. Right. Um, however, if, if, it, if it were to occur, the, the standard laws of negligence apply um, just the same as if you cause somebody to slip and fall on your on your on your on your driveway because you haven't put salt down or or your dog bites somebody. You have a duty to remain at the scene and provide right. information. Um, and that can be your address or your, your driver's license or, or what have you. And if you have insurance, um, then that can respond. Um, and, and support the person who's been injured. Right. Cause I had a, one of my teammates had some, they were on the bike path again, around a corner and she got hit and broke her wrist and therefore she wasn't able to cycle all summer. I mean, so that was because he was going too fast and yeah. 
Yeah, in those scenarios, um, you know, the the person who hits you has a duty to make sure you're okay, or if you're not okay, to get authorities down there. Um, and then the same thing would apply. You could, right. if, they, if they had insurance, you could sue them. If they didn't, it's probably probably difficult to do. Right. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, now before we go, if you have any, I'd love to like any stories you can share. Um, Maybe things you're working on presently in the Toronto area or something interesting you're working on well, for our audience. There's a, there's a lot. Oh, uh, look, the, we got a good one. We got a smile one, here. Let's one of the it. things that we're, <laughs> that we're most proud of is uh, March 16th, 2020, on uh, the early dark days of the pandemic. Oh, yeah, we, I remember that day. <laughs> we, we reached out to cyclists across, Ontario, across Toronto um, and said, you know, if you're if you're healthy and able, um, help us uh, deliver food and supplies for community organizations. And we formed uh, the Volunteer Toronto Bike Brigade. Oh, um, you're part of that too. I'm a founder. What? Because I just interviewed somebody not too long ago. Uh, oh, about the Bike Brigade. She was a Who's volunteer. Um, oh, jeez. Uh, uh, Liz, Ilza. Ilsa, yeah. Ilsa, yeah. Yep. You're the founder? I am, yeah. Oh my God, okay, well, let's talk about that then. And and so <laughs> we did it then, and then it quickly morphed into a, like a volunteer-run uh, organization, and we're active every day of the week to this day, fighting food insecurity and systemic injustice. Yeah. Um, I, I am like, I am just a, a volunteer cyclist now, um, the, the organization is run by incredibly, um, giving, uh, and, and, and logistically, uh, superb, uh, organizers, um, as well as a tech team who's developed a whole app that, that just makes everything run. I've seen that. That's yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, cause I reached out to them, um, you know, and I was like, wow, this is, I think I saw you on Twitter cause you're on Twitter a ton um and just everything you're doing and and that was pretty impressive and wow great on you for like i don't think they brought your name up <laughs> that's okay that's i'm just i'm just i'm one spoke of many um and uh and like this is like the uh, the bike and war lp like yeah we help individuals who are seriously injured but our dedication and which sets us apart from everybody else i think is to community um, and community, yeah. community safety. So it's just, it was, uh, it was a no brainer for us to do. Um, we, uh, we continue to support to this day. And I spoke to the guys at nearby. Yeah, sure. Dave Edwards. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I can really, okay. You guys are just way too connected. It's too much for me. I have a strong community. Well, yeah, hundred percent. Wow. I'm blown away. So yeah, like I tell you, when I talk to people from Toronto, I'm just like, gotta propel myself over there and bring a little bit of that over here um, and try and get everybody working together. <laughs> I hate to roll my eyeballs. I've, chat, I've chatted with the people at Bike Ottawa a bunch of times. I really like what they're doing. Yeah, Ottawa Bike Club? No, yeah, I mean, I've, I've worked with Ottawa Bike Club, but Bike Ottawa, the advocacy organization. Oh, maybe I should reach out to them. Yeah, they're uh, they're fantastic. 
maybe you need to yeah maybe i'll reach out to them well i'll reach out to them and um and see what they're doing and see if maybe i can uh you know be of some assistance with my club sure That'd be kind of cool yeah i'm always looking to see how uh we could serve our community more whether it's be with a charity or um providing you know doing stuff like you guys yeah i mean i think bike ottawa does a ton of advocacy with um municipal authorities and uh and they're really pushing for safe streets so um a good group to be in contact with them mm -hmm. yeah. yeah it's very questionable what they've done downtown with regards to our bike pass because we're always like who who kind of who they consult with to put these things in <laughs> you know, like, I, feel, I, I feel yeah yeah <laughs> it's like i don't even think they've talked to any cyclists to see if this actually works or for somebody to test it and you know give their feedback but anyways this has been amazing talking to you thanks so much Sarah. um dave i'm super glad that uh, we had you on the podcast and i hope um you know a lot of our um our audience is inspired to maybe do something like just look at what Dave's doing and not even like Dave, Dave's a lawyer, but bike brigade um, for, you know, there, there are services nearby that's NRBI. Um, you can look back on my episodes and get a bit of a feel for what they're doing. Go on Twitter. They're both on Twitter a ton, um, seeing what they're doing and, you know, use our model for wherever you are because, um, and they're such great people to reach out to. So I'm super excited. We have to talk about you coming down here um, and doing that presentation for my club. Oh yeah, Dave's on, Dave's on, Dave will come and talk to your group um, about uh, knowing your, um, knowing your rights as a cyclist, which I think, I think we need to know more about because um, yeah, it's always best for everybody. Do you have anything on YouTube on that stuff? We're working on that. Um, <laughs> yeah. You just videotape every one of your presentations. We I have a bunch uh, videotaped um, and we're doing one with the Dark Horse Flyers Cycling Club on uh, Monday and that'll be taped too. I'm just trying to figure the best way to roll it out online. Oh, maybe just get it out. Throw it out there. Put a link on Twitter and I'm sure like people will. Uh, share it or just share a link and yeah. help, uh, you know get get clubs together to on, watch on the to-do list for sure yeah <laughs> among many other things i'm sure so thank you so much dave it's been such a pleasure and um i'm glad that we've connected and uh we'll potentially have you down to talk to my club in the fall we'd love to uh annual so, agm yeah. thanks so much and uh thanks for profiling cyclists and giving people a voice yeah, I think it's super important. And, um, you know, maybe it's just time for me to do more of it. And sometimes it's just like the overwhelm of having how to do that, um, that that stops people. And maybe, you know, like you're a good person to reach out to for some direction and instruction. You know, encouragement, uh, advice, things like that, because obviously not everybody's going to be on board. It's just the way things are, right? So, all right. Well, thanks a lot, Dave. And thanks to our listeners. We will see you on the next episode. Thanks, everyone. Oh, sorry. Before we leave, how can everybody find you? 
we are as you <laughs> as you said that. <laughs> as you said we are on all the socials at the biking lawyer um but if uh, if you need our services uh go to our website thebikinglawyer.ca and uh we provide cycling specialized legal services perfect and don't forget to follow the podcast on instagram at secrets and style podcast as well as the youtube channel where you can see this live um and that is uh, i think you're just gonna have to google secrets from style podcast <laughs> like my youtube channel but it's there and it'll pop up so thanks a lot everybody have an amazing day Thank you.